Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. They call it the Green Hell. The Green Hell. 26 kilometers long with 170 corners. It's the world's toughest circuit. And this weekend, we're racing it for 24 hours. The Nürburgring 24 hours. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome along to our coverage of the 2019 Nürburgring 24 hours, the ADAC Nürburgring 24 hours. Uh, we're live from, uh, I was going to say a new venue. Uh, actually, this is where we started broadcasting the Nürburgring 24 hours. Uh, we're back in, what, 2006, 2007, I think was the first time that we did this. The race was on my wedding anniversary that year. And uh, we are back in the Rhineland TV Tower uh, in the Aston Martin Lounge. We've once again piled up and thank you to Aston Martin for supporting us and giving us the space we used to be in their pit lounge a little bit further down the the pit lane but we're at pit in if I look directly to my right I see first of all Johnny Palmer and uh, good afternoon to you Johnny good afternoon John good afternoon everybody and beyond Johnny is the end of the Dottinger Hall the start of the Grand Prix circuit and the pit lane uh, as well as the paddock petrol station and if I just crane around the back of Johnny a little bit I can see where the Grand Prix track heads on to through the loop onto the Nordschleife already big crowds are beginning to gather here for the Thursday action on the circuit there were people queuing up to get in the campsites this morning whether we'll leave that to one side at the moment it's beautiful yesterday cracking day here in the Eiffel and a little, a little more overcast and the chance of some thundery showers later on. Aston Martin Lounge is our broadcast centre with help from Hyundai UK as well. And their N-Series, of course, competing here, not just in one, but in two races because they're in the Nürburgring 24. And they have been out in the FIA World Touring Car Cup, uh, which is on track or has been on track. They had their free tractors, Johan Christofferson, having clocked the fastest time, put his car in the barriers. Uh, three quarters of a second ahead of Rob Huff in second. And Nicky Katzberg, I think, was the best of the Hyundais down in fifth position. They're just uh, clearing the pit lane out at the moment. Paul Truswell is off to my left. He's got uh, remnants of his Le Mans set up with him hasn't brought the whole thing you ready to go Paul uh, I've brought the whole thing because the whole thing went into the back of the Hyundai right. and it was just a case of getting it here and unpacking it and, and deciding which bits to use deciding which bits to use so it's all here um, it's just not all actually in use but most of it's in use um, of course the link into timing here is uh, all done through Vega timing rather than being done uh, to Al Kamel so that's all very differently configured but um, no I'm, I'm, I'm revving up for this the beauty of Nürburgring is 
it's a bit more compact. You can walk up and down the pit lane in far less time than you can at Le Mans. Everything's spread out so much in Le Mans. True. It takes so long to do anything at Le Mans. Whereas here, uh, you can have a little walk up and down the pit lane. You look at one pit garage and you can see six cars. So, I mean, that's half your homework done already. Um, so it, it's much easier to kind of get the atmosphere of what's going on. Um, and it, it is a very, very um, open kind of place. It's easy to get around. Okay, it is a bit compact, but... Uh, it is easy to get around, and um, no, it, it, it has a lot of things going for it, uh, the Nürburgring 24 hours, uh, and even if it doesn't have such a high profile on the world stage, the people who want to win are just as intense about winning this one as they are the uh, 24 hours in France. So the touring car's clearing out, and we're ready to go live in sound and vision. With that uh, thundery front coming in uh, from over the far side of the mountains. It's going to be a wee while before we get this next session underway because there's an Audi, Johan Christofferson's Audi, needs to be recovered from out on the circuit. And it is, well, it looks like right rear damage, right front damage, Left rear damage, left front damage. He's basically General done damage. all four calls. General damage. General damage, uh, yes. Uh, wasn't he a friend of Colonel Mustard? Um, I'm not sure of that. Uh, so, sound and vision coming together. Actually, that's not Christofferson's car, is it? That's Lagerfeld's car. The number 10 Audi. And uh, it is going nowhere. A driver being reunited with the Audi TCR car, and it's all gone very quiet outside. So, Langeveld's car is the one causing the problem, and uh, we'll just fill a bit of time then uh, for the moment. Johnny Palmer, you've had a quick browse through the entry list. Top of the shop are the GT3 cars, uh, not called that here though for first-timers. They're not. They're, uh, well, brackets FIA GT3, but yes, the champion team from last year, Ricard Leitz, Fred Makaviki, Patrick Pillay, Nick Tandy, are back again. Now, we need to get used to that Manti Racing Porsche being renumbered from the 912 that it ran last year and normally runs in the VLN races to car number one because they are the champions coming back again in 2019. But we have the sister car, which is still numbered 911, so they're actually bookending almost bookending the entry list with El Bamba, Michael Christensen, Kevin Estra and Laurent Vantor. All four of those guys were involved uh, mere days ago at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. But there are key names for Mercedes back again. We have three Black Falcon entries in the GT3 category and uh, some new numbers that aren't necessarily uh, related to or, or immediately connected with Black Falcon of previous years. The Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini is there, and there were some late driver confirmations of that team. Michele Di Martino and Michael Lyons will be joining Marco Mapelli and Axel Jeffries, who've been on the uh, entry list for a little while. Looking forward to seeing how Iron Force by Ring Police get on, because Iron Force are a new name to me. I think they're running the ADAC Masters regularly, uh, but haven't done that many VLN races prior, and they brought a Porsche 911 GT3R to the ring. That's car number eight. Both Wockenspiegel team Monschau Ferraris will take part. Um, 
Although, yes, they are. There are two, the 11 and the 22 cars. Remember, they've basically stepped away from the VLN Rams, but they are still very much involved in the 24 hours and therefore the qualifying race as well. Audi well represented. Joe Bradley and I had a quick uh, walk around the paddock prior to coming on air. And there was a car collection Audi when I thought, blimey, what a driver lineup that is. Marcus Winkelhock, Christopher Haaser, Marcel Fessler and Rene Rast in the number 14 car. That's going to take some stopping as long as the Audi, which is the R8 LMS. Now, I don't see any 2019 Evo uh, stated next to the R8 LMS, but I think they more must be the new spec Audis, Paul Truswell. As far as I know, Johnny, that's the kind of default uh, position now for uh, the Audi R8 LMS. Um, what I partially did but failed to do, but you and Joe being far more efficient than I, um, tyres on the Audis. Yes. Uh, remember last year, Phoenix split their strategy, so they had one car running and Dunlop's one on Michelin's. Uh, are they doing that again, do you know? My list is still a little bit fluid, I have to say, because I haven't seen every single car in the flesh yet. Well, that's good. We've got time. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but you're right. I mean, Lant did that in previous years as well. And I remember you didn't believe me, frankly. I said, yeah. I've seen one on Michelin and one on Dunlop's. Well, there's only one Lant car here this year. so That makes gonna, that easier, We're not going to have that problem. But um, I'm pretty sure Phoenix have uh, one of each with, uh, with their Audis. Um, remember, it was two years ago, wasn't it, when we had this last-minute uh, switching of tyre manufacturer on the grid before the uh, top qualifying. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, we, it, it caught us all out a little bit. I mean, fortunately, the sidewalls of the Dunlops are easy to pick out. So once they're actually on the uh, car, relatively easy to uh, to spot them. But uh, no, as far as I know, Phoenix are going to run, uh, but I'm not quite sure which way around. I think it's the four car is going to be running with the Michelins and the five is running on Dunlop. He said, yeah. going back to that notepad, wasn't it? Um, I'll have to come back. Uh, yeah, four is on <coughs> four is on Michelin's and five is on Dunlop's. But uh, as I say, quite what the rest of the Audi crew are doing, not quite sure. On the subject of Phoenix, we must wish uh, Jamie Green a speedy recovery because he's got appendicitis. Uh, so Jamie Green, who was initially named alongside the number five Phoenix rating Audi, Phoenix Racing Audi has been replaced by a certain Jerome Blakemolen. So not too shabby then. Not too shabby indeed. But uh, I think the operation has been done on uh, Lester's Jamie Green, DT regular DTM driver and uh, obviously stalwart in the Audi camp. But uh, that means that he won't be able to take part, sadly. I'm not sure whether he's ever done this race before, but um, yes, he has. Jamie yeah. has made it several yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Certainly not while um, I've been here then, because uh, I would remember that name. Um... Black Falcon, we talked about Black Falcon. Cause no. If, uh, if, if either you've been to the Nürburgring and uh, um, have seen Black Falcon's uh, operation or uh, you're a close follower of these things, Black Falcon have got all things a bit changed this year, uh, not least because they're not where they should be. Uh, they're normally at the very exit of the uh, pit lane. Um, They've and been there every year I've been here to well, see them. precisely so. So I went down to the very yeah. end of the pit lane looking for them. and the, Not unreasonably. Who, who was there? Pixum 3 Adrenaline Motorsport with nine cars. And I thought, well, <laughs> Black Falcon's them. not going to have uh, given away all their nice garages to Pixum Team Adrenaline, surely. Uh, anyway, uh, apparently it was something which Black Falcon asked to do. They've moved much more, much nearer to pit in. They're in Garage 5. Um, 
which is really garage two because the first three garages are uh, reserved for organization. Um, yes. And so we've got the two Black Falcon cars, two and three, and also they're very different looking cars as well. An orange one uh, for the number two car, which is the Adam Christodoulou, Maro Engel, Manuel Metzger and Dirk Muller driven car. And then a red car, red and grey, but uh, one of those kind of day-glowy type reds uh, on the number three car, which Maxi Boot shares with Hubert Haupt, Thomas Jaeger and Lucas Stoltz. So um, apart from anything else, as I say, the big change for Black Falcon is that they, they're in different garages. And the other Black Falcon cars, because it's not just the two Mercedes, they have the GT4 uh, Porsches um, and the uh, Porsche Cup Porsches, um, are all in garages much nearer um, I'll say the top end of the pits, the pit-in end of the, uh, the the pit lane. So a bit of a change around, certainly from the logistics point of view, when you're kind of um, going down trying to find what's going on um, for what where Black Falcon are and what the cars look like. And they don't look like they normally do anyway. Well, yeah, as I say, with the one, yeah, one yeah. in orange and one in red, um, they are... Um, Ah. I mean, it won't take us long to get used to them, um, but Johnny's discovered something or remembered something. Well, I thought my memory was playing up then, <clears throat> but Jamie Green uh, tweeted, and this is now out of date, of course, because he's not here, 25th of May, dream come true, finally driving the hardest 24-H world ah. race in the world. It's, it's getting real. The Green Hell's toughest challenge for the first time in my career. Okay, so it so would still, have been, but it isn't. But it isn't, <laughs> which is really gutting, yeah. But Marcel, uh, sorry, uh, Johnny, Marcel Duke has... Uh, tweeted using the hashtag N24RSL. That's what you need to be getting in touch with us. N24RSL. A barrier inspection up out at uh, Hoa Act. Uh, um, some barrier repair, perhaps. Uh, that was where the TCR car went in. So we may be... Well, in fact, we're already a bit delayed, aren't we? We should have been going by now. Uh, yeah, we're 10 minutes late, in fact, already. Yeah. Exactly so, exactly so. There's still an hour and 40 minutes displayed in the bottom right-hand corner of our timing screen, so the suggestion so far is that we're not going to lose any of that time, but uh, that will be, I'm sure, a decision uh, looked at again once the barrier repairs are complete. Yeah, we haven't started yet. Exactly, and it's a busy weekend because not only is there a, support, a couple of support races for the uh, Safefart Audi R8 Cup, which takes place exclusively on the Grand Prix circuit, but also the World TCR Cup are here again, um, and they will be, I think, three races, completely three races across the weekend. How many left by the end of it, do you reckon? Um, very good question, uh, particularly as I think one is, uh, one will be Friday, and, the, and then two further races Saturday morning, I believe. Um, but they're, remember, they're only three-lap races, so you can get around three laps. Very, very short races. You'd think. You'd think, wouldn't you? Well, we've already, unfortunately, lost a few, including the Langerfeld car that's in the barrier. And, uh, yeah, the team will be hard at work trying to repair that. Um, during Midweek Motorsport yesterday, we were trying to detail the... Uh, latest changes in qualifying um, because the top 30 is no longer a top 30 shootout. Uh, there are already 17 cars qualified qualified into the, uh, the one-lap dash and 
Now, is it... I'm trying to remember now, back to the rules. Is it one lap or two laps that you get? It's two laps, isn't it, Paul? Uh, they get two laps, but only one of the, only the best one time. counts. Okay. Uh, making, it, making it into the top and consequently having the chance of securing one of the positions at the uh, front end of the grid represents obviously an important precondition for the success in the 24 hours. And there are another 19 cars that could potentially make it into the session uh, which takes place tomorrow evening. And it's roughly an hour-long session. But obviously we've got lots of qualifying to come, many hours of qualifying whereby uh, your times will count if you're not in an SP9 car and that will determine where you are on the three individual grids uh, and if you've never seen a VLN race or indeed a N24 race then the, the field is that vast 160 cars that it needs to be split into three individual grids remember and they're started at two minutes apart so you get a big clump of 60 odd cars over the line initially uh, then you wait two minutes and the next lot are coming through uh, Tiergarten and Hohenrein and then the same goes for the third group. But the, the SP9 cars, along with one SP Pro and one SPX, could potentially all be involved in the top thir the, the top qualifying as it's been renamed for 2019. Yeah, the, the top, top pause, swallow your tongue, qualifying. Yes. Um, just a point, though, uh, and again, for the anoraks like myself, they'll appreciate this one. Um, as far as I understand the regulations, and the proof of these things are often only when you get into the action that you see whether the regulation works or not. Um, but the race time for the whole event starts now when the green light comes on for the starting group one. Right. Remember, in past years, the... Start the race time for the people who were starting in starting group two and starting group three always used to start when they crossed the start-finish line, all right? And that gave us this curious situation that we sometimes got when there was a car in starting group two uh, that had caught up on the tail of those in starting group one, yep. and the timing screen would suddenly jump it three minutes further ahead of where it really was. That's gone away now, so all cars start, even if you're starting six minutes behind in starting group three, your race time will start when the SP9, um, the pole position car effectively, starts his race. So we won't get this funny situation where you get different race times for uh, cars, depending whether they started in start group one, start group two, or start group three. As I say, if ever you've looked very, very closely at the... Um, results of the 24 hours of the Nürburgring, you'll sometimes see that some cars have completed the race in less than 24 hours. And that's because they cross the line after the chequered flag, but before they've actually completed 24 hours of racing because they started the race three, minute, three minutes or six minutes late. Yes. Yeah, so your race clock, if you're in the rear starting group, starting group three, your race time will actually start ticking by well before well, you well, are you're off your green flag line. Well, well you're still in the Schwalbenschwanz area somewhere <laughs> indeed right so which as i say it, it does help from our point of view follow what's going on on the timing screens much better because it um, as i say we used to get this funny situation where the uh, times would jump around uh, as the uh, as the race progressed now for those of you just joining us and expecting us to hear about uh, be talking about times here on RS1, RS3, and on the video stream at www.radio-show.co.uk, live in sound and vision all this weekend. Uh, the reason we're not talking about times is because we've got one of those 
TCRs that are supporting this weekend in the World TCR Championship. And the number 10 Audi, Langefeld's car, he been doing quite well actually, but then on the last lap before the chequered flag, lost it comprehensively and has done pretty much all four corners of that car. And the recovery vehicle has only just turned up. I don't know whether they were out on their lunch or something in between sessions, but uh, it's taken them an awful long time to get round and we're now over 15 minutes late for what should be a 100-minute session. It's John Hindoff, Johnny Palmer and Paul Trusswell here at the Nürburgring. We're live from the Aston Martin Lounge, looking out on gathering storm clouds over the top of the castle. There, castle. Um, the situation is that that was the amount of time we were meant to have. So, as yet, we've not lost any time in this first free practice session. But we're still waiting for that car to be moved. And I think mm, the Unimog has turned up as well, which means that there's some barrier repair to do. Yeah, got the trailer on it as well. So I think that's just coming out of the Kleiner Carousel, isn't it? Uh, it's just going into the Kleiner Carousel. Or is it coming no, out? No, it's coming out, isn't oh, okay. it? It's just the car's it's facing the wrong way. Right. The car okay. is in the air. So towards the end of the lap... Some work going on at Hoa Act as well, apparently. If you'd like to get in touch with us, at Radio Le Mans, or at RSL underscore studio, actually, would probably be the best one this weekend. But use the hashtag N24RSL, N24RSL, and that'll get you to us. That'll come up on our screen here in the Aston Martin Lounge, our broadcast centre. Stabilising of the barrier now finished at Hoa Act. The train of repair crews and uh, flatbeds continue. Rain shower expected in an hour, says Marcel Duke. And he's used the hashtag N24RSL. So thank you for that. Well done, that man. And, yeah, there's a couple of posts that are being treated to some remedial work on the exit of the Kleiner Carousel. As I say, towards the end of the lap, the last left-hander before the effectively three right-handers of uh, Gallenkopf take you on to the Dottigahua and fire you down that long straight. Good crowd for a Thursday. It's a bank holiday there, or a public holiday, it's I should is say. Is it really? Right, so that's another reason it, it's been moved here. But even so, still a good crowd. The Catholic holiday of Corpus Christi, yeah. known in Germany as Fronleichnam. Um, it's not always that. Um, we always have the argument as to uh, whether it's Ascension Day or whether it's mm. uh, Fronleichnam. It sort of varies as to when they actually uh, use it. But uh, the Well, both of those are movable feasts, literally, aren't they? Because uh, it up depends. To a, up it to a point, but they are, always on, they are always on Thursdays. Correct. And although they are movable... Depends when Easter falls. Um, literally, but they always fall on Thursdays, and um, that means that an awful lot of people um, will put in for grandma's funeral or something else, which on happens the on Friday. the Friday, yes. so that they can get the Great full Nelly. weekend. And, and I mean, you saw, we saw as we were uh, just going around the campsites, a number of people arriving on Wednesday evening um, and uh, setting up their camps. I mean, the, 
I always love the campsites here at the Nürburgring because they're they're different from anywhere else in the world. I mean, um, Le Mans has its campsites with its nice camper vans and people putting little rows of string around their beer mountains and doing the 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 wildness of the Nürburgring campsites has to be experienced and seen to be believed. But also, I think, don't be scared if you see them, if you are here or thinking of coming. Just get in amongst them because um, despite reputations and national stereotypes, uh, they are extremely friendly people, the Germans, and they will uh, welcome you. And uh, if you need to step over a body that lying, that's lying on the ground somewhere, the, the guy's brother will say, yeah, no, it's all right, step over him. Um, and, and it's, uh, as I say, it may be a fairly wild looking party, but uh, to the, for the most part, extremely good humoured and extremely friendly. 4.41 a.m., on the left-hand coast of America, Monterey, California. Carol Brink is tuned in. Morning, Carol. Get the coffee on. Hope Kevin's feeling a wee bit better. Pass on our best, won't you? Carol has uh, used at RSL underscore studio and the hashtag N24RSL. Uh, let's have your thoughts, please. Le Mans last weekend, Nürburgring this weekend. Good double header, or do they need to be further apart on the calendar? Your thoughts, please. We've come straight across. We saw a few people yesterday who'd made the same trip, still had the Le Mans stickers from uh, Stick It Up for Le Mans, still had their stickers on. And our mighty Santa Fe still has all of its uh, branding on from last weekend. I think it's about 50-50 of the people that I've spoken to, of uh, the British people I've spoken to, those between those who have gone home, spent a day driving the lawnmower around the lawn, and uh, those who have come straight here. Um, I think it depends a little bit whereabouts in the UK people live, but I spoke, spoke to Darren Turner, who unfortunately got home earlier than most of us because uh, his car didn't get to the end of the Le Mans 24 hours, so he headed out pretty early. Um, spent Monday driving the lawnmower around the lawn to um, take it out on the grass rather than uh, the Aston Martin. But he's back here now uh, and thoroughly looking forward to uh, uh, another go in the Aston Martin at Le Mans. Unfortunately, only GT4 Aston Martins here at the Nürburgring this weekend. But um, Well, that, we that follows the the protocol of what Aston have done in the past where they've introduced new versions of cars. The GT4 yeah. tends to come here first uh, and then the GT3. And I have... This is not official. I am not speaking for Aston Martin, although we'll get Andy Palmer and uh, David King in, I'm sure, at some stage over the weekend uh, to uh, tell us about next year. Lots of exciting news from Aston. And if you stay tuned to RS1 and RS3 uh, as well, you'll have the opportunity to hear them talking about the LMP 2020 regulations. Uh, we were the first interview uh, last Friday when the announcement was made by Aston Martin and Aston Martin Racing of their Valkyrie heading to LMP 1 2020. But uh, the protocol in the past, Paul, has been that it's been GT4 first with a little help from some of the works drivers handed into the customer's hands, sort of proven here yeah. first. Next year, I see no reason to disbelieve the fact, or not to expect, should I say, that we'll get the GT3 car in the top yeah. class. Um, going yeah, for an outright victory. Uh, absolutely. Um, unless, I mean, of course, they bring a, a Valkyrie and stick it in, or a Vulcan and stick it in XPX. Um, yes, I mean, one, one thinks of the phrase prototype in the original version of the word prototype mm. rather than the kind of uh, LMP version of the word prototype, because that is exactly what Aston Martin is doing. Um, 
I think it would be good to get Chris Goodwin up at some point, be able to talk to him about um, what he might know or what he might be prepared to tell us about uh, uh, driving uh, Aston Martins of various sorts. Um, I spoke to him briefly yesterday and uh, the breaking news that he gave me was that Chris Harris, uh, who is supposed to be on the entry list for uh, the Aston Martin that he shares with Chris Goodwin, um, he's not. No, um, busy filming. He, well, yes, and... Um, in a way, understandably so, because uh, it, that is um, Chris's full-time job. Um, and although he quite enjoys driving around the Nürburgring, I suspect that uh, he'll get far better rewarded for uh, doing the work that he does for Top Gear. But uh, as I say, you know, Chris Goodwin, um, no longer young Chris Goodwin, but uh, is uh, nevertheless still... Uh, 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 very, very active. In fact, probably more active now in uh, car racing terms than he has been for many, many years, having had uh, success on various stages over the years. So the clean-up continues as we wait to hear what's going on. Have we actually got a green flag? I think we have. Yes, we have, in fact. We have got a green flag, so cars have trickled out of the pit lane. Now, we would have been able to see that if we'd been in our old spot. But we can't here because we're at the diametrically opposite end. Ah, there's the Unimog coming back into the old pit lane uh, and various other vehicles. Now I can see that. And now we have a trickle of cars out of the pit lane. I've got a green flag just there, John, if you want to see where the green flag is. All right, up. thank you. That worked well on radio. <laughs> Paul pointing to a screen to my left. So we've already, Johnny Palmer, had a, a minute of what appears will remain the 100 minutes of mm. this combined... At free practice session, first qualifying to come later this evening. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? So uh, we don't get any time eaten away, thankfully, although we are starting uh, 25 minutes later than planned. But uh, presumably there is, there is some catch-up time built into the timetable. As I say, sharing with the World TCR Cup and the One Make Safe Art IDR8 Cup, but uh, two sessions. I suppose the, the, the option is that the day runs slightly later than planned and then that eats into the three-hour qualifying session that we have later tonight. Uh, maybe there'll be a decision taken depending on how the other sessions go, but it will mean that the uh, the lunch break for Marshalls might be a bit squished mm. as a result of this. Although, mind you, we were starting at 20 past one, so probably already had the lunch break, in fairness. Cars well, now... An engine. Oh, yeah, reaching the end engine. of the Grand Prix Strecker to either turn left and head straight onto the hats and back. That's which the route to the Brave. Done. Or they'll take the right-hander, which is the back door to the pits. Of course, if you do that in the race, then uh, the first bit of the lap that you've just done doesn't count for anything. Just let's revel in that engine noise as they come round the back of the studio. I can actually hear that. That's good. Very good. Slippery surface flags being shown uh, out at... The run up the hill past Flugplatz. I think that's where that was. Quiddleback Hoor. 79 that was. Yeah, just before the second intermediate section. Just getting all of these cars, Johnny Palmer, out of the pit lane is an exercise, all at the same time here, mm. is an exercise in logistics in itself. And anyone who comes straight back into the pit lane is just going to join a huge traffic jam of people who are still trying to get out. You might yeah. as well go on to the Nordschleifer. 
True, because it's going to be horrendous in the pits, although I'm not sure the option's there to actually dive into the pits right now. Uh, no, it might be, but also there's that lane uh, which is the central lane, effectively, which will be removed in time for the race. Yes. Uh, and that central lane allows you back onto the Grand Prix Strecker without visiting the pits. The 911 numbered Porsche is out on track, looking like that car is on Michelin tyres. Yes, it is. And that's the El Bamba, Michael Christensen, Kevin Estra and Laurent Vantor car, which took pole position last year, but then didn't take the win. If you remember, the 911 packed up very, very early in the race. The 912, though, was a sublime run to the chequered flag. Simon Hoff says, no problem with the double header on 24-hour races, but can we please move Croft BTCC for the week before Le Mans, now that I've swapped my local circuit from Silverstone to Croft? Yeah, true enough. I uh, know, I just saw an uh, interesting one there. It'll be Alton Park as a clash next year for touring yeah. cars, so you should be fine. Yeah, good morning from Virginia, says the sometimes grouchy guy. I'm just outside Washington, D.C. Thanks for making the morning commute better. Love having weekday morning sessions. Best drive time radio, the fastest drive time radio on the planet, I would have thought. And probably just, th there may actually be worse traffic here than sometimes, GG, than you have got heading into D.C., Nice part of the world there. Be there later on in the year. Fly, always like to fly into DC when I'm going down to Virginia. Take the Virgin flight, pick up an Audi and do the drive down some of the back roads down to VIR. Come and see us in IMSA, sometimes grumpy guy. Uh, we've got two IMSA races coming the next two weekends. Sailing six hours of the Glen plus all their supports and then up to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park the weekend after. That would make it four live weekends in a row. And in fact, it's four live weekends, but five events in point of fact, because we've got the uh, Creventic Hankook 24 hours from Portimao coming up, haven't we? Yes. So yes. That's not next week, but the week after. Uh, so not yes. this weekend, because that's the N24, not the next weekend, but the one after yeah. that, which is yeah. the first weekend of July. Yeah. So five major events in four weekends still with those slippery oh it's uh, the slippery surface flags are out because it's raining on the far side of the circuit so just coming over the top of the rise into the top of the foxhole could not be worse sixth gear entry to that over the top of the rise car getting light and into the top of the foxhole so oh very nasty very nasty indeed and that is, as I say, a sixth gear entry to that as you just crest the brow before the, the left-hand kink before right-hander at Arenberg and then through the foxhole. Schwedenkreuz, isn't it? Yeah. The left-hander? Yes. yes. So Flugplatz, Schwedenkreuz, and then the proper hard-breaking right-hander is Arenberg as you head underneath the road bridge. See the 37, Aston Martin is out there. That's Jamie Cat, Chadwick, Peter Kitt, and Alexander Brundle. Mm. Alexander Brundle of Norfolk. That's right. That's Lord Alexander Brundle of Norfolk in that car. 37. So there, 
SP8T, although it's a GT4 car, it's in SP8T. Why? As is the number 36 car from the AMR they Performance Centre. got a different Center. body kit on? Are it's, they running different it's, arrow? It's either a different body kit or something else which makes it not an SRO GT4 standard of car. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah the, uh, and then you go either into SP8T or into SP8, depending on whether it's fitted with a turbocharger or not. So, in effect, for GT4 cars, there are up to three classes available. There's SP10, which is for proper GT4 cars. And we have got two in that class. And then SP8 and SP8T, depending... Uh, what, whether you've got a turbocharger or not, if you've done something else. Uh, for example, I saw a, an Audi R8 uh, GT4 car in the garage last night. I can't remember which team it was, but it was um, fitted with an, a GT3 rear wing. Um, and so as a result, it was neither fish nor foul. It wasn't a GT3, it wasn't a GT4. So it becomes an SP8, um, but it runs as SP8 because the Audi is non-turbocharged. Yes. Trying to work out now which car that might have been. It might have been the Gitti Tire Motorsport by WS Racing Machine. Um, what number was that? Number 53. Because the other Audi GT4s, there's an SP10 one there. And yes, I'll go with that. There aren't actually that many GT4 spec Audis in this year's race. I think it's only two, and one is in SP8, the other one's in SP10. The weather does look particularly threatening, and the wind has picked up out on the circuit. Dries Vantour uh, heading uh, down the hill on the far side of the circuit from us. He's just gone through Callanhard and now starting to plunge down the hill towards uh, the hairpin at Versiphon. Oh, sorry, no, he's not quite that far round, is he? Heading down the hill into the bright shite now. Oh, yes, he is. No, it's exactly where he was, yeah. Yeah. Second-guess myself that. And water on the windscreen of the Audi Sport Team Phoenix R8, the number four car. Down through the gearbox, third gear probably in these weathers. Across the bridge, there is an entrance to the circuit there. It's about halfway around. Slippery surface flags or rubbish on the track flags, at least the yellow and red flags. Now heading up towards Bergwerk through that left-hand kink. And with a gaggle of GT4s or Cayman Club Sports, Porsche's ahead of him. Goes to the outside and starts to climb the hill out of Bergkirk work. The important one, two, three le left-handers, isn't there? And then we've got Kesselshin climbing all the time. Skill here in wet or dry conditions is to put as little lock in as possible so that you're not slowing the car down. The hill's already doing that. And he's just been passed by the AMG GT, the bright yellow one. So who is that then? That's the Raffaele Marchielli car. Oh, yes, so that's right. So it may well be 48. Yes, indeed. Both very badly held up as they come over the rise, heading into the bottom of the hill before the 
carousel. And, oh, that was a lucky guess. It is actually Marcello driving the car as well, number 48. That's the car he shares with Christian Hohenardl, that's David Arnold and Maxi Goertz. On the subject of who's in the car, um, for the first time this year, we actually should have driver IDs for every single car in the field. Wow. Um, wow, we've that's had it in, some investment. We've had it in VLN um, before. Um, we had it in the qualifying race, but this is the first time that it actually is in, uh, in play, in practice, uh, for the whole of the 100 and... But only three-letter acronyms on the screen. Which is going to keep us... Um, Keep us on our toes, isn't it? Somewhat pointless, really, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to um, provide a screen which uh, gives us more than that. So um, we can discuss that. This is why I have free practice. You Excellent. Know, so we can uh, configure things to our liking. But, um, yeah, they all have now a, uh, a driver ID. Um, there's also GPS in every single car, which uh, enables race control to work out where the cars are. Um, and is one of the many parameters that goes into deciding who gets into the top qualifying. Um, they use sector times. If you're on the live timing screen that's provided by the 24hrenon.de website, um, then you can see the nine sector times which are made available to the public. But I understand that for deciding who goes into the uh, top qualifying, the organisers look at the best theoretical lap time based on 42 sectors, uh, which is what the organisers have available to them, plus GPS. Uh, hello to Dr. Daniel, Dr. Daniel. Brilliant stuff uh, across the weekend with the IKEA sofa, the Rebellion IKEA sofa across the weekend. Uh, N, uh, hashtag N24RSL. Odd coincidence, says uh, Doctor. I've just got home from my job in London at the same time as the N24 practice has started. Now that at my desk, there appears to be a problem with incoming calls. They're just not getting through. Uh, good news for fans of the Foxtail. It's back. And uh, Manta Foxtail has its own Twitter feed, of course. Flap, 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 flap. Bit concerned when uh, I got a follow from them. Yeah, me too. I don't have very many. Yeah, well, you, there's good reason to follow you. You can tell them things. They're, they were listening to Midweek Motorsport <laughs> last night. Uh, James Hewitt has used the hashtag uh, uh, 20, uh, uh, N24RSL. Said from the entry list, one of the two GT Audis is down as an R8 LMS GT4, the one with the bigger wing and more power, an R8 LMS BE. That's exactly big, the one which is the in the, engine. S, yeah. in the SP8 class, yes. Yeah, bigger end plate, bigger engine. Not sure. Uh, Matt says, Matt Briggs says, I'm holding out hope that Le Mans and the N24 won't be on the same day in a couple of years' time. Can't see it being helpful for either. I'm assuming you're planning on commentating on both simultaneously, though. Don't know how we'll do that, because the, the, N, the Le Mans 24 is such a big commitment and we take so many people to it I'm not sure that we'd be able to do it that is 2022 isn't it that they clash although Le Mans hasn't announced officially the date correct so we're just uh, using past performance to assume when the Le Mans 24 hours is going to be and it could be that uh, the ACO decides to put it out on a different date yes in a uh, financial services style disclaimer we should say <laughs> Le Mans 24 hours dates can move backwards and forwards in the year so just on the hour 
Uh, right. That means they've cut some time out, doesn't it? Yeah. Because we've not had 40 minutes. So that has just dropped down to an hour. So we're back to roughly where we would have been. And I... It's a bit disappointing, that, because the... Issue with getting this session underway was caused by an errant world touring car and we're defaulting to get the world touring car next session underway at the right time oh, i think they should have lost some of their time problem for the number 22 Vockenspiegel ferrari not doing the vln this year they've gone over to the hankook 24-hour series and there's a tyre problem to the left front of that car, JP. Yeah, Hendrick's still driving the 22, and that's the one with the green door mirrors. There's also one with red detailing, so sort of the red lipstick along the front splitter and rear wing end plates and door mirrors. So you can tell the, the 11 and the 22 apart relatively easily. And that car now coming, thankfully, this has happened on the Grand Prix Strecker. So it's not a case of having to trundle their way 25 kilometers home again the car can just turn right out of the chicana and into the pit lane so disaster striking but in a good position on the track in only the first sector for car 22 one of the three get speed performance mercedes is currently fastest though that time having done having been done by fabian schiller who pits but it's a 913 0.667 for the German driver, joined by Marcus Paltala, uh, Janine Hill and John Schoffner in that Pro-Am entered SP9 car. There's also problems for one of the BMWs and that's BMW number that's 52, the, that's the I reckon. That's the Zork BMW, uh, 154. Oh, no, it's the 52. Yeah, 52, which is the Team Speedline Racing yeah, uh, SP8T car. So this BMW. That's two BMWs that have got problems because I've just seen on the ticker that the 155 BMW's got a problem as well. This BMW Schirmer M2 GT is immediate competition to the Aston Martins in the SP8 category. It looks like it's been through a battle already. It's got scratches all over it. Yeah, looks like somebody's the... jumped all over the bonnet. That's the paint job from Speedline this year because they've also brought a BMW Z4. Oh, these are the ones that are meant to look like the track. Correct. And, and the splitter at the front is in the red and white the of a curb. And the rest of it looks like it's tarmac. So it's not, in fact, someone that's jumped all over it. No. It's just different, different shades of asphalt. Well, I, I remember see. saying to Joe yesterday, I wouldn't fancy driving that car and losing it halfway around the Nordschleife. So you're facing oncoming traffic. There is a danger you'd just be driven over because people think that's the road. <laughs> and that car's come to a halt, thankfully. Off, well, off the track, but on the asphalt. So the marshals might struggle to find it as one of the Aston Martins now works its way out onto the hats and back and I think that was possibly the Chris Goodwin car which turns left and disappears then off into the country as I say SP8 and SP8T is where we find the GT8 and the GT4s respectively the Chris Goodwin car is number 36 and on one of the sheets I had, Darren Turner was down to drive both of them. That has actually been corrected Correct. on the latest He's sheet. now only on one car. So Darren, DT, Chris Goodwin and Christian Gebhardt in 36. Jamie Chadwick, Peter K, Alex Brundle in 37. Alexander Brundle. Sorry, yes. 
Lord and Alexander Brundle of Norfolk. And the 35 we're call now. AMR Performance Centre GT8 is Marco, uh, Marco Muller, Tony Richards, David Thelanius and Heinz Jürgen Kroner. If we keep calling him Alexander Brundle, he's going to think he's done something wrong because he only get, gets that when he's being told off by his mum. Alexander Arbuth, not Brundle. What have you been doing? Rain having been reported, as you suggested, John, uh, coming out of the Fuchsrohe at Ardenau Forst, uh, at Kfiddelbach, all the way to Breitscheid, uh, and beyond Breitscheid, going up towards Hoher Acht as well. And now Rain as well at Bergwerk. So it's uh, sweeping in, as it were, from uh, west to east, um, or northwest, um, and sweeping across the northern part of the circuit. Um, nothing particularly heavy. Although the forecast I saw this morning suggested that there were some heavy rain showers around for this area uh, at some point this afternoon. But then that was the uh, case for yesterday as well. Uh, and we practically got away with it yesterday. But I think it makes life difficult. Although it's important for the guys, for the drivers to be out there getting laps in, it's uh, probably needs to be on the radio to say you don't want to be pushing all the way around mm. uh, just in case you get to one of these uh, wetter areas although from what you were describing jp the uh, uh, marshals uh, doing the jobs and uh, uh, holding out slippery surface or red and yellow striped flags to indicate to drivers what might be just around the next corner I think a perspective fastest lap of the session thus far in prospect. Nine minutes oh three is the time to beat. At Don't bother the Lexus. Um, Don't bother Lexus. We should mention the Lexus RCF GT3 Bando Racing with Novell Racing. That was a Dominic Farmbacher time, but is the more green of the two Grello Porsches from Manti Racing about to go top? Yes, it is. Nick Tandy doing an eight thirty nine. 0.233, so that's 44 seconds, no, 24 seconds quicker than the time already set by Dominic Farnbacher, who pits at the end of the Grand Prix, Strecker. 54 minutes still to go. Nikolai tweeted in using the hashtag N24RSL, cleaning and shining cars with the noises of the Nürburgring in my ear. And Darren Pullen is detailing a Sunbeam Tiger in his studio as well, bright red. That is, that Sunbeam is, Tiger. that's absolutely yeah. lovely. It's uh, a, a car that uh, I hadn't even thought about for uh, quite a few years. Yeah, big V8 uh, done, done by, uh, going back through the years, it was a, uh, a Ford V8 in that car. When Chrysler bought the Roots Group, it had to go, which was a shame because uh, the man behind it, who was the man behind the Cobra? And that was? Uh, Mr. AC. Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby, thank you. Always, I interviewed him some years ago with Phil Hill at Le Mans, and he said he felt that was the car, the Sunbeam Tiger was the car he felt there was more development in, to oh. a point where they tried to shoehorn um, a, a Roots Chevy, uh, a Chrysler Chevy, rather, into that car. Cobra or Cobra? Cobra. Interesting. Cobra. Um, you say Cobra, I'll say that's, Tomato. That's fine. No, I don't have, I'm not correcting you at all, John. <laughs> no, um, I know. I was just um, interested. Um, Nick Tandy is bringing the Porsche in through the back entrance of the pit lane, having done that 8 minutes 38 on his last lap. Um, so 8 the minutes 39? 
uh, 8 minutes 39, sorry, because I'm failing to notice that the new fastest lap has just changed, Johnny. Yes, it has. So that's a Ferrari now quickest, and that is the Octane 126 Ferrari. Octane, not a new team to VLN or the N24. They often run a Ferrari 458 in the past in one of the slower classes, but Bjorn Grossman, Simon Trummer, Jonathan Hershey here with a... Uh, full-fat 488 GT3 in a kind of matte dark blue colour. Looks great in the garage and looks even better when it's at racing speed and that car now tops the times then. There's another driver in there who is a certain Alexander Prins. All right. Yeah. From so that's the, the Kroll. That's the Kroll family. Uh, well, Prince family, technically, yes, but Chantal Kroll marrying into... Yeah, well, it, but family, I think yes. he's married into the oh, Krolls, hasn't he? Is really? it happened that way round? Yeah, of course it has. <laughs> you've, got to be, you've got to be pragmatic about this. Uh, this is for you from Corey Marvin using the hashtag N24RSL. Uh, how, how many SP9 class cars uh, have there been entered this weekend, JP? Uh, 34 SP9 Excellent. cars. And Darren, who was listening to the um, Midweek Motorsport podcast, is now sitting in traffic in Brussels. Uh, yes. But he's listening to us live there. Haven't we all? Uh, just to never come to Brussels. Never come to Always go the southern route. Never go through <laughs> Brussels. Um, depends where you need to get to, John. Um, if you need to get into Brussels. Well, obviously, <laughs> if you need to get into Brussels. But yes, otherwise, never travel through Brussels if you're not going to Brussels. Just trying to put the uh, that times into perspective as the uh, Bjorn Grossman Ferrari also uh, comes back into the pits through the back entrance, having done his fast lap time. 8.38, the fastest lap of this session. Fastest lap in free practice last year, 8 minutes 26. Um, so we're a bit off that, 12 seconds off what we had uh, last year as fastest lap in free practice, but we still have another nearly um, 50 minutes of this session still to go. Um, and of course, it is raining around various parts of the circuit. So um, I think we can keep our fingers crossed and maybe the uh, weather will improve and that will enable quicker times but uh, I think overall it's certainly worth going to be uh, getting faster times as far as you can. The other thing I like about this new qualifying format is in order to get into the top qualifying um, the um, entrants are going to um, be timed at any point around the circuit so in effect uh, if you're I don't know over at the carousel and you feel you haven't really done a quick time through the carousel it is worth hammering on through the carousel yeah. even if you've got a load of traffic just up ahead of you that you think might slow you down at the next couple of corners so it means that during qualifying it's going to be worth pushing as hard as you can wherever you are in the circuit if you're in an SP9 class car um, and I think that's going to put a different complexion on qualifying. It's going to be harder for us to follow because we're not going to know who's in and who's out. But um, it is going to mean from the competitors' point of view, they are going to need to push on all the time. Do you think the fact that the track is split into, as far as we're concerned, nine sectors, we can see nine individual sectors on these giant screens that we're presented with, that will help a little bit. But obviously, these theoretical lap times are going to be drawn from... 40 plus 42 sectors. 42 little tiny sectors. I mean, yes. what are they going to be? 100 meters each? Uh, a little bit more, more than, than 100 that. meters, 500. I suppose. But uh, yeah, I'd have to slice no. it down. Yeah, but, um, but uh, it's that they are going to be fairly fairly small sectors. Yeah, uh, and they're not just obviously not just around the Grand Prix circuit, out on the Nordschleife as well. Um, 
they've uh, put down extra with the extra resurfacing that went on over last winter there's extra timing loops down uh, so there's a lot more data coming into uh, the timekeepers and to race control probably than ever before along with the uh, gps signals uh, um, motorsport matney at rsl studio hashtag n24 rsl let's get all these out of the way early on we'll probably have to do some of them again but good that you're asking questions this early on big obviously a big audience already on this first free practice session live in sound and vision on the rsl network of channels uh, do we still have subclasses, Paul, in SP9 based on driver rankings? Uh, yes, we do. We have uh, SP9 straight, we have SP9 Pro-Am, uh, and we have uh, SP... What is it? SP Pro. Um, and then there is also the one SP9 LG last generation, um, which is the uh, Team Speedline Racing BMW Z4 GT3. That's so based on the car rather than the driver, though. Yes, sorry. That's the yes, age that's of the okay. car, not <laughs> the driver. Okay. Yes, quite. Uh, the others are based on uh, the driver categorization. So there are Pro and Pro-Am class cars. And indeed, part of the reason for the new qualifying mechanism is to provide some uh, additional motivation, if you will, for the Pro-Am class cars to enable them to get into the top qualifying. Because uh, currently we have only two Pro-Am cars in top qualifying, but another 10 or so potentially could get into top qualifying uh, based on what happens, not in this session, but in a combination of tonight's session and tomorrow morning's official practice session, or official qualifying session, I should call it. So we should try and pick off some of the other classes. Uh, SP9s make up the first 15 on the timing screen. Cup X is the 16th quickest. Now, that's normally a KTM crossbow. And in it fact, is. it is. The triple one KTM crossbow leads that. The 36 Aston Martin, Darren Turner's just pitted from SP8T, leading that category. SP7 is the number 69 Porsche. And this is all still inside the top 20. SP10 for GT4 cars. Uh, that is the Mercedes number 70 leading its class. SP3T is in 25th position for a Subaru. Oh, this thing at our hotel. I saw them this morning having breakfast. And number 88, Subaru STI. Uh, that sits in 25th position. 9.43, by the way. Uh, 9.41, the best lap. That's not hanging around, is it? Uh, 80, uh, SP6, sorry, I mean, oh, I missed SP8 as well. There's an Audi leading SP8, it's a 53 car. Uh, SP6 is, read across the line, John, a BMW, the number 82 car. That's Christian Franken out in the Hoffa racing car, John. Oh, is yeah. it? Right, 82, I remember that one. Say again? An M3 GTR. It's an M3 GTR, good, is it right? Eight, Hoffa regular car. Yeah, go on. 80 is a Porsche, 320, that's sitting in... Thirtieth uh, position. It's the number three hundred and twenty car. That's that class leader. The alternative fuels is uh, AT. Oh yes, they normally enter that car, don't they? That team. There's a couple of care for climate Porsche GT3s. That's Thank one of you them. for reminding me what they were called. Cup three. Uh, that's a Porsche class, and it's the three or three. Now Cup three is that the Cayman Cayman GT4. GT4. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, that's been led by. The number three or three. V6 is being led by another Porsche, the 133 car. And that's just inside the top 40. That's a Black Falcon car. 
KI Cup 5. Now, they're normally the BMW 340s, aren't they? Yes, yes it's called Classic Cup. It's KL. Oh, it's KL, is it? Uh, Sorry, it's Classic. The classic it's the Classic yeah. Cup, and that's the, the new BMW M24i uh, class, which last year was the M235i, but this year is 24i class. Same size of engine, though. Um, it's just a different brand branding, really, from BMW with slightly bigger uh, end plates on the wings. It's a team Avia Zorg Rennsport car, the number 246, John. And they've actually optimised the engine tuning. They've got a bit more power out of that electronically, though not by increasing the cubic capacity. Uh, V5 is a BMW. The number four, 142 car is in 46th position. We're going to have to split these up again, guys, when we do the hourly updates, the Hyundai hourly updates this year. I don't know how we're going to do that. V2T is the Hyundai. It is the Frank Engsler car, the 160. That's the i30, isn't it? Correct. We did have an i40 fastback. In, yeah. in oh, well, that's the i30 fastback. i30 fastback, sorry, N, yeah. Yes. So that is that car, 160. That's 160, yeah. right. Um, there's a road-going car undisplayed in dark grey in a box just down from a, a car parking and I've I've fallen in love with that a glass box yeah right. just, I've fallen in love with the car in the box not, <laughs> not the box itself uh, so that that's the class leaders in the top 60 uh, or so and we'll what we'll do is during the race we will be doing our Hyundai hourly updates and at one hourly update we'll do half the classes and the next one, we'll do the other half, the ones we didn't do. Uh, problems in the pits lane, gentlemen, for the number one, Nick Tandy. Is that grello and green or grello and yellow? Red uh, lorry, yellow lorry. That was, that's the more greeny one. One is the grello, green colour. Grello yeah. green, grello yellow. Grello green, grello green. green. Say it ten times quickly. Uh, that is the number one car. They've got all kinds of bits and pieces off the front of that. Right front suspension top mounts being looked at. Um, and they're having a tootle around under the front cover on that car. No engine to be found there. That might be causing them some consternation. But fortunately, if they look around the back, they'll find that there's a spare one in there that they can use. The uh, Manti team, one of several who, although they're operating from everybody else like like everybody else from a garage and they have to share the space with everybody else as soon as the qualifying sessions are over or practice sessions are over the cars get pushed out of the garage out of the back of the garage into the paddock where the team has uh, rented some awning space so um, so um, unlike some of the cars which are worked on in the garage whenever there's something amiss Manti tend to push the car back to its awning and even during the race they may they don't have to work on it in the garage itself. They can take it back to the awning in the kind of uh, American style almost, John, where they uh, take the cars, quote, behind the wall, unquote. Yes. Um, and as I say, Manti have a garage set up, yeah. um, which is uh, behind the wall um, towards the back of the paddock. The rain we had been expecting has arrived and it's caught out one of the... BMWs, it's teaming down on the far side of the circuit. 42, I think that is. Good spot, Johnny. Well, just the Schnitzer livery. Um, that is in 11th position Yeah. with the driver called LIN next to that. Uh, yeah, well, it's one of the Vanderlinders. Sheldon. 
Sheldon, right. I was going to say it's Kelvin's birthday today, <laughs> so that wouldn't have been very nice. I rattled down the barrier, but... Uh, Kept his foot in, though, just bounced off. The time will be fine at the end of the lap. Quite right, too, as it should be. And Did we have had some it's not for motorsport, is it? You can't just keep your foot in. All right. So is that a sector that normally takes nearly 10 seconds? That's a very short yes. one then, isn't it? And it's yes. taken him 29, so that would tally with my... My car recognition is still well off, so I'm actually quite pleased with that. Yes, to well, to, to see the back, right. of the back of the car. Ferrari going in as well. That's the Octane car, isn't that it? That is the Octane 55. Yeah. 55 that topped the times earlier on in the session. And that's the early part of the lap, just coming up to the rise before Flugplatz. Simon Trummer now at the wheel of that car. And he's just comprehensively lost it. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of these guys are still on slick tyres. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, the rain hasn't been everywhere. Uh, it's uh, only just starting uh, in earnest, and it really is in earnest. Um, I don't think we ever told you that Marco Wittmann is now no. the quickest of all. The number 99 Rover Racing BMW. Um, my tip for the race win, who knows? Marco mm. Wittmann, uh, number 99, 827.519 before the rain really decided to descend. Um, and also a, uh, a fast time from number 17 is the get speed performance mercedes uh, and that was in the hands of uh, john schoffner uh, he's put in a time of eight minutes 32.674 uh, the other time which has come in as an improvement which we haven't yet told you about is the number 98 rover racing bmw uh, which was philip eng uh, he's done a time of 833.715 so those times improvements just before the rain came down heavily meanwhile on the circuit 38 kcmg just uh, earlier up the track philip vlasic vlasic at the wheel just earlier up the track a little bit uh, closer to home than where the Ferrari went off a few moments ago. That's coming Flugplatz, up over the right. It? Yeah, it's uh, Flugplatz is just round the corner. Fine. Um, Flugplatz refers to the airport that's at the top of the hill, not actually getting airborne over the rise. Um, and you'll have to tell everyone what Flugplatz means. It means airport. Thank you. Okay. Uh, they are slick Michelin tyres on the back of well, on all round up one presumes, on the KCMG. It's a uh, huge fork lightning, and now the car's overheating because he's not getting any airflow through the radiators. That rise where they often see the... And in fact, that's where the uh, KCMG Nissan has lost it. Is that Kittlebacker-Hoa, Paul, technically speaking? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, so and that's where the, that's another high section, as in Hoa Act is the highest yes. bit of the track. Kittlebacker-Hoa is the rise before the sort of double right-hander that then leads to... Flugplatz, and that's actually the end of interval two. So I'm still getting used to where these intervals fall around the track. But uh, sector two, effectively running from the braking area into the chicane on the Grand Prix track, up to then that double right-hander after the that high point where the where the weight of the cars is completely imbalanced. And that is exactly where the Ferrari went off. He, but he just understeered off in that very fast, normally fourth, fifth gear, yep. right one to almost a triple apex right-hander whereas the uh, the nissan didn't get that far he lost it coming over the top of the rise and went off to the banged into the right and then went across the left hand side for uh philip philip, philip vlasic. vlasic the german from bottrop 32 years old and yes yeah, really struggling actually to well 
he probably, I would struggle to know which way the track went after I'd spun because he, he went round two or three times on an ice rink there. Uh, and then you're trying to get, obviously, the car pointing in the right direction, trying to get your bearings, and the car is now beached on the grass, it would appear, or it's stalled because of the amount of water that is underneath it, both on the asphalt and the grass. I think he's overheated it. I think he's overheated it by spinning the bat wheels yeah, up and not possible. getting any kind of traction. Now, he's got a little help from a, a GM. Well, it's an Opel, isn't it? Uh, it's one of those Grandland X's or Crossland mockers. There is a Code 60 in place as well. More fork lightning. For uh, those that approach this area, I wonder why one of the BMWs came flying over the hill and was totally the wrong side of the track, but uh, everyone restricted to 60 kilometres per hour, or should be, on the approach to this recovery. And the big Nissan is now going to be... Oh, the tow ropes... No, it's been detached, that's why. And the, Nissan, the big Nissan fires back into life now, bringing a little bit of gravel and dirt on with it. But is now uh, under its own steam and will tour through the Code 60 and then back to the KCMG squad. KCMG, for fans of the World Endurance Championship, have uh, had a couple of seasons in LMP2 in that. Richard Bradley used to drive for them and has driven these GT3 cars as well. Conversations being had down at Porsche. Kevin Estra, I think, pleased not to have been in his car at any point during this session. Yes. Laurent Vantor as well, scratching their head, thinking we can't do anything with this. Already we've had 40 minutes, or pretty much 30 minutes, taken away from us because of a delayed session. And now this is next to being useless because you can't even keep the car on the track, let alone push for a, a simulated qualifying time. From what I can work out, uh, still out there, I mean, an awful lot of people have just said uh, no, there's no point uh, no in uh, going out at the moment. Uh, the number 55 Octane car, as we saw that car uh, going into uh, a barrier, Philip Vlasic with the KCMG Nissan is still out there. Uh, the number 16 uh, Mercedes from the Get Speed team, I think that was Renger van der Zander at the wheel of that, uh, he is still out as is Martin Tomczyk at the wheel of the Schnitzer BMW. It was Martin who um, I have down as being the current driver of the 42, um, although it may be that it went down as a driver change, because Martin Tomczyk was the one who set the time. You had it as Sheldon van der Linde, didn't you, Johnny, at yeah. the wheel of the 42 Schnitzer? I think it's probably Sheldon's outlap, therefore, on which he um, hit the barrier. Not too hard. But um, I think he'll have done a little bit of damage to the bodywork at the very least. Not the, not the weather to be sitting outside at the moment with uh, lightning in the air and things looking rather grim at the moment. Forecast is reasonably good for the weekend, though, he said, in boyishly optimistic. Good, excellent. Um, the... Uh, two forecasts that I've seen, one in uh, actually on the Nürburgring's uh, official website, which is based on the uh, German uh, weather forecasters, uh, the other one on my own app, and talking to some people down in the paddock as well, suggesting that uh, the forecast is pretty horrible for today um, and tomorrow morning, but by uh, the end of tomorrow <coughs> onwards, it should be dry and warm. 
uh, if a little muggy. Tristan Fortier down at Brunchen. Lots of people gathered around there. He's driving the bright red Mercedes, or the AMG, we should say, GT3, the number 16 Get Speed performance car. And he's taking things very easy. Coming up to ice curve now. Uh, it is. It looks like the rain's blown through that area, but I, again, I'll, I'll venture he's on slicks at the moment, Johnny, and struggling for a little bit of grip. It looks exceedingly greasy as he is uh, surviving, I think it's fair to say, out there, rather than trying to put any time in right mm, now. Yeah, uh, definitely raining in the area that he's in. It looks, if anything, more greasy online because cars have brought the wet weather with them into the drier parts of the track. Their tyres are still wet, of course, from other sections of the lap. And it's not a decision you can make straight away to switch to a different type of tyre from slicks to wets or vice versa because you've got to wait till you get to the back to the pits and that can be 20 odd kilometers from where you are currently and also you've got to weigh up well is it raining on just say a quarter of the track so therefore you've just got to keep the thing on the straight and narrow if you're on slicks because the time you will gain on the drier parts of the track outweighs the chance of flying into the barrier down at Arenberg and uh, into the foxhole so as it stands then it is the Rover Racing BMW GT3 that leads with an 8.27.5. That's the 99 car. Second place gets speed performance AMG GT3. Five seconds adrift. That's the 17 car. Then the 98 Rover Racing BMW in third. It's Philippe Eng behind the wheel of that. Then the Octane 126 Ferrari, although Simon Trummer has given his team a little bit of work there. Ahead of the number one, the Porsche, the Manti Racing GT3 Gen 2. Nick Tandy brought that into the pits. Audi number 29 is sixth. 13 and a half seconds away from the leader. Then it's... That was the Audi Spot Team Land 29 car, by the way. Seventh is the 48 Mercedes from... Uh, with Lance David Arnold, who had uh, that car last. Very tight there. Condor Racing's Nissan, 45, is in eighth. Top ten made up by Christopher Harter in the 14 Audi team car collection. And then Get Speed Performance's second car, Tristan Gautier, who's hit the wall of rain again as he's coming back towards us now. Just outside the top ten. In 11th, BMW Team Schnitzer's 42. Van der Linde behind that. We thought it was Sheldon Van der Linde behind that, who'd gone Cheers. off on his outlap. Yeah, it is. Then the number 11, Wolkenspiegel Team Monschau Ferrari, in 11th position. Then Pierre Kaffer is that behind the wheel of the number 4, Audi Sport Team Phoenix. Yes. Yelma Berman in 14th position for Mercedes Team Black Falcon. And that is the number six car in the top 15. Christian Menzel for KCMG Nissan in the 39 GTR. Nico Menzel. Uh, Nico, sorry, my apologies. Uh, and he is exactly half a minute on, just over half a minute away from the fastest time, uh, which was set by that Rover Racing BMW. It's only a good time, you mentioned it uh, a little while ago, John, from the uh, KTM Crossbow, uh, 18th 
place overall. Uh, Laura Kreiharmer, it is, who's at the wheel uh, of the crossbow, who, or, who uh, was at the wheel of that car. Uh, a nine minutes 21, um, but a half decent time there for the crossbow in 18th overall. Yeah, very good. That's GT4 crossbow, isn't it? So that's got the more powerful it's a, engine. It's a GT4 crossbow, but it's running in a in its own class as a as a Cup X class car. It's horrible out there. <laughs> it is horrid. Guido Nauman for Hyundai Team Engsler in the 160 i30N fastback. He's doing very well to stay on the track. He's heading uh, up the hill now, about as far away as he can get from us just through Kesselschen and close to Tal and now at the bottom of the hill before he goes up to the Caracciola carousel so a little over halfway around yuck 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 and three times yuck mm. it's just a wall of water isn't it Actually, I've said that. He's not in that place Metz at all. I think this is Metzger's Yeah, he's felt, in the actually. early part of the track, and, and there's rivers. modes running across the circuit there. That was Adenauer forced as he was turning left Correct. and turning right no, again. you're absolutely right. Caught out there by the darkness of the skies. Uh, could have looked at the... Oh, we haven't got the tracker up. I could have put the tracker up. I'll put the tracker up one of the crossbows and I reckon we've got four in Cup X this year mm. which three. I think we've only had three as a maximum prior to this yeah, it's three, relatively young three, three from class. Teichmann and then one from something else uh, one of those teams that has a name which tries to describe itself in some way I can't remember what it was in speed or uh, fast drivers or okay you'll find it in a minute for me and put me out of misery I will heavy I rain and hail expected yeah well we've had hail before <laughs> some people may remember back to 2017 I race union oh, well race union uh, or race union uh, the car number 60 is the one that's not a Teichmann racing crossbow the right. other three are Teichmann racing Teichmann racing cars in the pits now, the Alex Mees Aston Martin in bright red for a car that we actually saw at Bruno, although it wasn't racing there, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, rumbled past us and then did it exactly the same when we arrived here on Tuesday. Rumbled past us, Wednesday, I should say. We were here on Tuesday, but we didn't come to the track. 20, night, 2016 was the year that we had hail and a section of the road frozen over and four hours of it were red flagged early on due to that heavy rain fog and hail just a bad preparation that didn't come with the right tires i mean true really. just yeah didn't needed the chains on it why did nobody discover that before we got going put laps on the field there couldn't you the 84 bmw i noticed is on hankook tires that's the uh, Lauthusa Racing and Events BMW 1M Coupe and Harold Rettich Fabrice Reicher Richard Pertscheuer and Uwe Legerman are the drivers in that car 
Adrian Delina out on the circuit. He's on the Grand Prix track at the moment in the number eight it's Porsche. Iron Force, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Iron Force by Ring Politz passing a Renault Clio, although you could barely see that in the gloom and the rain. Get me out in this right now. Love it. Now, does Adrian Delena come into the pits? He does not. Oh, yeah, no, he does. He's going to do one more lap around the Nudge, like, around the uh, Grand Prix circuit before he heads off. But even that looked a bit scary. And down into the first corner, picking your breaking point somewhere around the two marker. He's gone all the way off to the right-hand side, trying to avoid traffic. You don't want to put yourself in a situation whereby if you lock anything up, you're going to run into anybody. He's maybe just trying to get a little bit of heat into the wet weather tyres before he ventures out onto the Nordschleife for Johnny. Heading down the hill now to the bottom of the Grand Prix circuit. This uh, a unique configuration that's used in terms of the Nürburgring Nordschleife and the configuration on which we use the Grand Prix circuit. We don't use all of the first complex. There's the immediate left turn. That's because we've got some of the support paddock actually on the track. N24 of which this race is not a part, it stands alone, uses a different configuration of the Grand Prix circuit, a slightly shorter run down in the intermediate run through the hairpin, doesn't go all the way down to the bottom of the hill and the Dunlop hairpin. Yes, there's the S-bend at the start of the lap, which is very nagy, very difficult to get right, particularly in the wet Conditions. Is that a rumble of thunder? Is that well, just because I haven't had lunch yet? <laughs> I think we've had plenty of those because there's been lightning as well. Down towards the Ford Curva, which is the, well, there's a left-hander and then Ford Curva, the right-hander, and you're still barreling downhill towards then the Dunlop hairpin at the bottom of the, uh, the hill. Climb back up the other side through the Michael Schumacher S into the Michelin Curve and the right-hander, which takes you then towards Hatzenbach Borgen, the right-hander, which is generally flat out. It's early in the GT3 car. In the dry, it would be. And then into the chicane, sometimes called the Vidal chicane, to end the lap. But uh, if you were here for a VLN race, then that would be just partway around the Grand Prix Strecker. And then you'd use the cut-through, which is a hairpin bend out of the Mercedes Arena. So you don't even get down to the Ford curve and don't get anywhere close to the Dunlop hairpin either. It's a shortcut, but then again, uh, the cars do use the full bit of the Mercedes Arena right at the start of the lap. Otherwise, there is no difference between a VLN race on the Nordschleife and the 24 hours on the Nordschleife. It's all exactly the same bit from Hatzen back through to Hohenrein at the end of the lap. Joe Bradley has uh, joined me now to my left, so taking over from John Hinder for a little while, as uh, unfortunately, Joe, we're just in conditions where, I mean... The brave will go out there, but you're not going to improve your lap time in this. Brave stroke, stupid in my book, Johnny. I'm not really sure what you get out of it. Um, we've got a red flag, just as I say that. Unsurprisingly, yeah. Um, 
I've just been watching a beautiful lightning show across the hill there at the castle. It was quite as if we'd been put on, especially for us tourists. <laughs> and the uh, the castle's been coming in and out of vision as the cloud have, uh, has obscured it. It's appalling out there. And considering what Paul said about the weather forecast, I've also seen the rain stopping tonight and we're going to get warmer and eventually very, very hot on Sunday. 30 degrees on Sunday, yeah. 27 degrees Saturday and about 24 degrees tomorrow. So really, if the... Then again, this is the Nürburgring and weather forecasts seem to change all the time. But personally, in these very, very wet conditions, it's only a practice session. We haven't got anything to win. There's no trophies at the end of it. Mm. Really, all you're doing there is risking having a very late night putting your car back together. Uh, and it is uh, even not even a, a, a practice session. It's a free practice session. So, uh, you know, you're not even counting up laps for familiarization purposes. The main reason for doing it, I would suspect, is to familiarize those drivers uh, which uh, maybe haven't been to the Nürburgring for a little while, although there are such restrictions these days on getting uh, your Nordschleife permit that uh, there's not really very much... Um, in the way of inexperienced drivers around the Nordschleife these days, uh, by its very nature, it becomes a, a race only for experienced drivers. And you mentioned that, Paul. It's not just a race where you can put an entry in and turn up and, and race in the 24 hours of the Nürburgring. You've got to go through a process of entering the VLN just series to get, race. Just to get your to get a license. permit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and uh, that in itself is uh, uh, not just a theoretical test. It's not just the practical aspects of running um, on the Nordschleife in other events, whether it's the qualifying race or the VLN. Um, but you also have to do simulator uh, activities where they will throw um, yellow flags at you and make sure you react correctly to the slow zone procedures which uh, are put into place. Um, yeah, as you say, we saw a red flag being displayed. The timer, which gives us the minutes to the end of the session, is continues to be shown as well. Um, so not any indication at the moment, although most cars coming into the pits. I'm showing car number 50 uh, out on the circuit at the moment. That's the team speed line uh, BMW Z4 GT3. The... Uh, last generation sp9 class car which i think jörg muller is on the uh, driving strength of jörg mm. uh, masses of experience uh, in bmws but uh, especially here at the nürburgring as well um i want to say a former winner of the nürburgring 24 hours but i just want to check that before i do say that we've still got a few cars out there on the track just making their way back in though paul yeah according to the tracker Yep. Um, at least a good half, half dozen. 2010, Paul. And 2004. Thank you. Both for Schnitzer Motorsport. One in a BMW M3 when uh, Jörg Müller was with Uwe Altsen, Augusto Farfus and Pedro Lamy. And then in 2004, driving with Dirk Müller, Pedro Lamy again and Hans-Joachim Stuck. So Hans Stuck still uh, victorious. That might have been his more, most recent victory in the N24, yes, 2004. He's, he's in that car. What? Sorry, what was the car number again? That's the car uh, with the, 50. the obscure wrap, isn't it? It's it's wrapped like one of the two. The, yeah. the colour of the yeah. car is the road surface in the train. The the splitter and the uh, the sills are the colour of a red and white um, curbing. Yeah. Very very uh, distinctive livery. 
that car's running this weekend. Yeah, which is carried on the 52 Speedline Racing BMW M2 as well, because that was the car that was off the road not too long ago. What I don't know is whether the 51 has it as well, because there are three Speedline Racing cars. I wouldn't be oh, surprised oh, if that M4 it, has it. Or was it off the road? Couldn't tell. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no idea, frankly. more Easier to tell now it's raining, because yes. it wasn't wet asphalt that was <laughs> yeah. wrapped on that car. That's right, it's dry asphalt. <laughs> yeah, completely. Uh, nice idea, but then you and I sort of stood there for a little while going, I'm not sure whether I actually like it, but it's very, very clever. I'm it's interested to see what it, what it looks like. I always, I've, I've always had this saying, as long as your race car looks great from 10 metres, that's all you need to do. Get it looking great from 10 metres. When you go up close, it's all scratches and bits of tape here and there. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that car actually looks like on the track from a distance. And when it's 24 hours into the race as well, um, it probably won't show the scars quite as badly as some of the others in this race. If you're um, watching on the tracker, and uh, uh, I know Joe Bradley is up here, watching the cars coming across the start-finish line, uh, they are receiving the red flag, but they're not going into the pits. Uh, and that's because yeah. there isn't a pit lane entrance available to them from the Dottingahoa. So if you're coming in off the uh, full Nordschleifer, you can't actually get into the pits there. You have to go around uh, and do a lap of the Grand Prix loop in order to get into the pits. This yeah. is only for the practice session. Only for practice and qualifying, qualifying. yes. Yeah. For the race, then you do come into the pits through there. The reason being that there is a lap of the circuit. As you come uh, off the Grand Prix loop, there are three, three separate lanes you can get into. One is the pit lane entrance. One is the middle of the circuit, which takes you around the Grand Prix loop for a second time if you want to. And then the third one is to the left and takes you up onto the Nordschleife. Yes, but I've just been watching, Paul. They're only perceived lanes because we've had, yes. I've, had, I've just seen cars go on the right looking like they're going to continue turning yes. right onto the grump and they haven't. They've turned left to go out yes. on the north side. Yes, sorry, and the when car I, directly behind is turned right. It's like the spaghetti junction down when, there. When I say lanes, uh, they are lanes that are in the regulations as to describe um, what goes on. But of course, because you've got cars coming into uh, the grump, onto the start finish straight from uh, the end of the Grand Prix. Uh, loop from the other side of the track it would be very dangerous if you can't had cars coming from the Nordschleife into the pit lane because they would be having to cross the lane with other cars so in order to stop that from happening uh, there is only one pit lane entrance and it is following a lap of the Grand Prix loop that you come in however so everybody coming round uh, and then coming back into the pits once they've uh, done that single lap of the Grand Prix loop and then uh, we'll find out whether or not they're going to restart this session but at the moment it's under red flag and I don't know about you Joe and Johnny but um, I think actually if you put wets on there'd be nothing to stop you going out because yes it's raining but we've certainly had races and I'm thinking of last year's restarted race when conditions were far worse. True yeah. I'm, I'm not sure whether we've had a red flag because someone's gone off and we're we're dealing with that or whether we've just put the red flag out because of the the, the state of the track uh, we had parts of this track very very wet indeed and lots of aquaplaning some parts of this track are so fast aquaplaning unavoidable and i think that's why we've got the red flag because we haven't had any other information 13 minutes on the clock whether or not they're going to extend this mm. session i very much doubt it to be honest because we've got a relatively tight schedule yeah we have track activity did it and, and of course they, they try i think the idea was maybe to try and extend it beyond two o'clock uh and then that was very 
quickly denied because the Aaron 40 jumped from an Aaron 30, I think it was, it had ticked down to, to all of a sudden one hour left. So uh, we were back onto the original schedule. The time's still ticking by, by the way, even though we're under red flag conditions because this session due to finish at 2 p.m., uh, 3 p.m. local time, rather. So that's just 12 and a half minutes away now. And that is the time that remi remains on the clock. Um, between, therefore, now and then, there's another session to come for the World TCR Cup. In fact, their first qualifying session, which is due to start at 3.30. And that qualifying session is probably televised, so I'm thinking they've got to be done in, in order to get that uh, on the TV in time. And, and, re and remember, Johnny, it's not just about when the cars take the chequered flag. No, certainly it's, not. It's gathering them all up off this 14-mile course. Yeah. And the number 55 Ferrari, if you remember, and but I'm not um, saying that patronisingly, I'm just reminding myself, um, was the car that started all this, the Octane car, um, which had the spin with Simon Trummer. Yeah. Uh, that car is still being shown out on the circuit somewhere. Um, I'm not quite sure if uh, you can confirm that. What number uh, are we looking at? 55, uh, the Octane Racing Ferrari, which for a time was the fastest car in the session when Bjorn Grossman was driving it. Um, then Simon Trummer took it over, and I have a feeling he came to grief at the beginning part of the lap around Arenberg. Um, and to my knowledge, he hasn't yet made it back into the pit lane. Um, so the red flag in force, but it certainly won't, the session won't be restarted until we get Simon Trummer's car back. Although I suppose it could be just pushed back uh, behind a barrier and brought back on the internal service roads. But uh, the other one that uh, still seems to be out there is the uh, Iron Force uh, car, Adrian Delena. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, that car, because it keeps switching, uh, or at least my information does, between Jan-Erik Schluten and Adrian Delena. And, you know, the, the, the out on the circuit. Indeed, the graphic right. in front of me now reads Adrian Delina, but if you check the same graphic about two minutes ago, it was saying Schluten. So okay. I think there's a bit of confusion about who is actually driving that car when it hasn't returned to the pits yet. In fact, it's trying to do that as slowly as possible under the red flag. Tell you what we could Looking do, Johnny. We could check out the uh, what the drivers look like and see if... True. All, all we've got is a view of the driver's eyes through the slot of his helmet. Yeah. So that there's Adrian Delina, who I've just spotted. It could be him. Yeah. Across the eyes. <laughs> right. It could be him across the eyes. Yes, it could. Yes, it could. I'll wait for you to have a look at... Uh, 14 and 48 also being uh, shown as out on the circuit still. Christopher Haaser in the number 14 Audi. I would suggest it's probably not Jan-Erik Schluten. No, I think it's uh, Adrian so Delina. Good detective work there, Joe Bradley. Yep. Uh, it's uh, Adrian Delina, therefore, to uh, tour back to the uh, pit lane. Now, considering, Paul, that this tracker is not... Uh, it's, it can be a little bit behind. I've got the 008, the, zero five, uh, the 54 and the 76. So the 8, um, sorry, the 008, the 54 and the 76 car still making their way just on the dotting of hole from according to the tracker. 
Uh, I'm getting information on the ticker mm -hmm. uh, that this free practice session will not restart. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's mm. been officially confirmed by race control, if there's a uh, checkered flag being shown. Um, but after probably not much more than 40 minutes, I reckon, um, the free practice um, for reasons of safety, yeah. um, too much water in certain parts of the circuit, but also a lot of mud on the circuit where cars have been off and then come back on again, um, have made the circuit very muddy in places, which means that marshals have had to go out and, uh, or they need to uh, close the circuit in order to get marshals to a position where they can clean the circuit. Um, but as, as a result of that, I feel we're not going to restart the session. As I say, that's a message on the ticker uh, rather than from race control itself. Uh, and we haven't got a message on the screen to say that. Um, so I juggle with screens. Trying to think about the uh, the incidents we've seen. The Ferrari, I think, made contact with tyre wall, but it might be that the tyres there need a rejig before the next session. The 42 BMW clattered into the Armco. Uh, I don't think with sufficient force to actually bend the struts, but the Nissan... Oh, the Nissan actually, although the back of the big the KCMG Nismo GTR went to, into the tyres there, it didn't really derange them too badly. It means that the Nissan's now minus uh, a light cluster on the rear right corner. And the, actually, the barrier stood up pretty well to Sheldon van der Linde's off in the number 42 BMW. So I don't think that is hampering us further in the session. Uh, but the combination of the wet weather and also the now very muddied asphalt with cars going off and bringing wet grass and mud back onto the circuit means that uh, grip is at a real premium and it was already pretty bad because of uh, a couple of inches of rain that has uh, landed on certain parts of the track and so much so that that is now being swept to get rid of bits of gravel but also the surface water as well. The difficulty is the track's very narrow. You've got Armco barrier left and right, and it can start to almost create a bit of a flood uh, in the very narrow sections. You've also got rivers of water pouring across the track. At, where did I say that was earlier on? Metzgersfeld and similar places. Uh, just confirmation from race control that the chequered flag has been shown, uh, as well as the red flag. So we are not, it seems, going to be restarting this session. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a huge job list for most of the teams, Paul. Oh, they've got plenty to get on with. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I did notice yeah. the number one Porsche uh, just going through uh, car, yeah. bedding and bricks and discs, uh, discs and brake pads, I should say, and and that'll be down the uh, down the field. And they've they've hardly got anything done. Well, there's a there's a three-hour night qualifying this evening, isn't there, Johnny? So there's plenty of time to do that this evening, but um, it's kind of less pleasant doing it at night than it would have been <clears throat> in this session. True. Um, betting in brakes and things like that can always be done on the Grand Prix track, of course. And I think almost before the red flag came out, plenty of cars were just doing that shortened version of the track, going through the tyres and going through again. I mean, we've seen, I remember in a VLN uh, qualifying session before cars just not venturing out onto hats and backs going round and round and round getting certain things done for a four-hour race that they could easily do uh, without necessarily having to go out into the really tight and twisty bits of the Nordschleifer itself um, that's not an option when you come to qualifying though obviously because you've got to get times in although I mean this three hours of, of night qualifying 
does that also carry Paul qualifying for the race in the sense that you've got to do a certain amount of laps? Yes, yes. And, so you have to do your is that regardless of experience round here. Yes, you have to do your laps around the uh, the full circuit. It's not just good enough to go around the Grand Prix loop, um, but also these are laps which will count uh, in terms of getting you qualified for the top qualifying um, because it's the not top 30, but the top mm. uh, nominated teams from uh, the list of 19 who can still go fast enough. Um, there's a there's a list of, uh, is it 15, uh, 17, 17 that have already qualified, and then a further list of 19 who could go in, provided they set a theoretical time, uh, which is under a certain minimum that we don't really know. But uh, those times are... Um, they begin to track those times during this evening's three-hour uh, night qualifying session, as well as having to do your night lap, uh, which I'll have to remind myself before night practice, but I think it is just one full lap of the Nürburgring, ah. um, a timed lap, so starting and finishing across the start-finish line um, to qualify yourself for the 24 hours itself. And 17 and 19 makes 30 Six, six, doesn't it? Because we've got an SP Pro car that's also eligible for uh, getting into the top qualifying session. That's, I think, a Lexus yes. SP Pro car. And, uh, yes, it's a Toyota Gazoo Racing Lexus LC, in fact, car number... Um, 56. 56. And also an SPX car, which is the Glickenhaus machine, the SCG3, which is also eligible getting into that's that. already in ah okay well that still makes the 36 doesn't it yeah. so there's the 34 sp9s yeah and as you say the the glickenhaus is already in but uh those thinking well it's only 34 sp9s uh, well that's because the sp pro and the spx car lone sp pro and spx cars are also eligible for qualifying bad tomorrow night bad news if you're that sp7 car which uh, tended to sneak into the top 30 and uh, start from uh, 30th place Position, on the yeah. grid um, but we we tended to get one sp7 car into the top 30 but um it's um uh going to be a um uh, we get no um no SP7 possibility into the top qualifying now. It's all going to be the Pros, the AMs, the SPX and the SP Pro, which is a separate class from SP9 Pro-Am, incidentally. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a quick rundown then of the times as the free practice session, which was due to be an hour and 40, it was waived uh, much earlier than that with a red flag, unfortunately, because of poor weather conditions and a very muddy track in places. So judged to be by the officials too dry, too dangerous to continue practicing on. Therefore, we're looking to 8.30 local time for the start of the next session, which will be night practice, but also qualifying one uh, from 8.30 through till 11.30 tonight. The 99 BMW will end the session then fastest from Rover Racing. That's an M6. Marco Wittmann doing a 327.519. From the Get Speed Performance Mercedes AMG GT3, Fabian Schiller, car 17, and it's time a 532.6. Philip Eng gets two Rover Racing BMWs into the top three, number 98. So that's another M6 GT3, did a th uh, an 833.7. Simon Trummer, Prior to his Octane 126 Ferrari going off and into the barriers, number 55, fourth fastest, an 838.583. Fifth quickest was the number one Nick Tandy-driven Manti Racing Porsche 911 GT3R. 
time before 8.39.233. And then it was Rene Rast in the 29 Audi from Team Lant, the 48 Lance David Arnold Mercedes AMG from Team Manfilter. That was a Raffaele Marcello time. Uh, eighth quickest, the 45 car, Condo Racing, and Nissan GTR, 8.43.5. Ninth quickest was Christopher Haas's Audi R8 LMS at 8.44.0. And tenth quickest, Tristan Vautier, taking it very uh, gingerly towards the end of that session in another Get Speed performance, AMG GT3, and the Frenchman's time at 8.44.2. So, some time done. Not really the ideal amount of time, though, for many of the teams. There'll be unfinished jobs and unfinished business for later on today. But be sure to join us here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels for qualifying one, which doubles as night practice, as I say, from 8.30 local time. We'll be on air at 8.25 for that three-hour session. So join us then. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.